This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to Beck UL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And joining us now, as he does each and every Wednesday, is Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. Brad, thanks so much for joining us. And maybe this week three leaves a little something to be desired, uh, because at last check, I'm seeing three games with double-digit spreads. We've got the 49ers as a 10-point favorite. The Cowboys are taking on the Cardinals. The Chiefs are taking on the Bears. And depending upon perhaps where you shop and when you look at it, the Jaguars might end up being double-digit favorites against the Texans. So of these dogs, who is the likeliest to cover and maybe even pull off a massive upset? I think it's tomorrow night. You know, as bad as the New York Giants looked in the first half against Arizona, they come out of the the halftime tunnel and score every single possession. You know, Brian Dable was great. Mike Kafka was great. Daniel Jones deserved credit, 17 of 21 for 260 yards and a couple scores in that second half also ran the ball well. So for me there, the biggest matchup that I'm watching and the reason why I think it's just too big of a spread, uh, Spencer Burford, the right guard for the Niners, had a 0.0 pass block grade for us. Very rare, but it does happen. Um, And you're going up against Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams at that interior unit um, of the New York Giants. They're going to blitz a ton. Brock Purdy is not great against the blitz. Very small sample size, of course. But anyway, I think the Niners win, but 10 points on a Thursday game, short turnaround, and and some particular matchups I I think is just too big of a spread. Will the Bears have the worst record again? It's very possible, right? I think a lot of the teams that we looked at, well, it's funny because I think there's a chance that two teams, them in Arizona, are, are making two selections in the top like seven or eight picks, which, which will be funny. Yeah, I, it's very possible because, look, Arizona's bad slash, you know, I just mentioned they were up 20 to nothing and then lost. Maybe they're, they're, they're okay with that result. Maybe it's an ideal result. Um, but look, the Rams are not as bad as we thought coming in. They're a legitimate football team. Uh, the Buccaneers, I think, are still pretty bad, but they're going to win enough games to not be a top three pick team. You, know, you look at the teams we kind of had circled as potential really bad teams outside of Chicago and Arizona, um, and they're not really playing that way. Through a couple weeks of the NFL season, a theme that's stood out to me, and really it started in the preseason, is just bad offensive line play teams struggling with their offensive line is that uh due to the shortened preseason is that something that maybe i just haven't noticed happens every year and eventually teams start to figure it out like what do you attribute that to 
No, it's a great observation. I think there's a couple things in play here. So first, I do think the lack of physicality and, you know, not playing preseason games, and which I do get, right? You want these guys staying healthy for the actual stretch run in the playoffs, but it then leads to very sloppy football early on. But also, I think we watch these spring leagues try to develop, the XFL, the USFL, you know, and enter FL, um, and we often blame the quarterback play for why there's never scoring, it's an ugly product, etc., Guys, it's hard to even have a good backup guard or tackle in the NFL, much less try to field offensive lines that have no NFL talent in another league. The second thing or third thing, uh, I actually had a conversation with uh, an interior offensive lineman in the league talking about how dominant interior defenders have been, D-tackles have been so far this season. And historically, it's always been edge rushers rush the passer. The interior guys are run defenders. Therefore, your guards are run blockers and your tackles are pass protectors. But now, you know, teams are weaponizing. No one's Aaron Donald, but, you know, Aaron Donald, Chris Jones, Quinny Williams, Jeffrey Simmons, like the interior defender play against the pass right now might be as good as it's ever been. And guards are having to catch up and they just haven't quite yet. Brad, I'm curious, uh, you know, you mentioned this, uh, I believe, last week that you had some real doubts about Zach Wilson and his uh, opportunities to sort of keep things afloat for the Jets. It was a really tough matchup against the Cowboys, and things should be a little bit easier against the Patriots, a team for which he's quite familiar. Yet at the same time, New England, a a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road for the Patriots. I'm curious what the ceiling can be for Zach Wilson with another year. Is this a game that he could, you know, pull off the win for, or is this something where, look, they're going to have to figure something out fairly soon as far as another player to play the quarterback position? Look, it is fair to preface the Cowboys, I think might have, you know, top five, but I think might have number one defense in the NFL. It's that good of a unit top to bottom at all three levels of this defense. So he had to play the Bills, who are obviously a good unit coming in in the middle of the game. Then he gets Dallas, which is a ferocious, ferocious pass rush. The Jets so far this season for us have the 31st graded pass block unit. Obviously does not help either. Um, and then you now go into New England. You mentioned they're familiar. Yeah, Zach Wilson, I think, has more completions to Patriots defensive backs than Jets players in, in the in the last couple times he's played the Patriots. So not a great start, not an easy start. I think at Kansas City the week after that, you know, Spagnuolo is going to throw some things at him, different looks, yada, yada. I think they have to do something. I mean, I think the team and the roster is simply too good to trot out a guy who just is not ready. You asked what his ceiling is. I'm not really mean. I know I was just – that my intro was mean last week. His ceiling is being a top 100 <laughs> quarterback in the NFL because I'm not sure he's on that list right now. All right, let's talk about some of these 0-2 teams. Now, naturally, we end up having the conversation after the overreaction week. All right, which one of these 0-2 teams is going to bounce back? They're going to be all right. Teams that you still trust. I want to go the other way. Which of these three teams that are 0-2, is it just going to go sideways and, and you have those sideways years with talented players from time to time? You've got the Chargers, 10-7, and everybody's favorite Super Bowl pick year after year. They're 0-2. Playing the Vikings, 13-4 a year ago, 0-2, two one-score games, what do you know? And then you've got the Bengals, 12-4 and last year, Burrow, big question mark. Chargers, Vikings, Bengals. Which 0-2 team is going to continue to slide? 
I think you can point to positives for all of them, or, or maybe better put, you can point to reasons for possible regression with Minnesota. Obviously, you know, the joke there about the one score regression we all expected. They also have seven fumbles through two games, and you'd imagine that flips as well. Um, they're also in the easier conference, you know, an easier division. Then, you know, you mentioned the Bengals and the Chargers, but, but I still just think on, on paper their defense is about as bad as it gets. Um, they, they will figure it out. They will bounce back. But for me, that's more about the opponent than it is, um, you know, them being good. The one I'm most concerned about is Cincinnati because, uh, you know, th their division might be the best top to bottom. I know Pittsburgh looks pretty bad so far, but obviously a tough defense to play. But more so, Joe Burrow's calf injury to me is a massive concern. And, and I don't think it's going away anytime soon. And we don't think of Burrow as a scrambler or, or a – you know, a guy who's going to have designed runs, but we track something here now called true scrambles, which includes passes, right? So when a guy escapes the pocket, but still does throw the football last couple seasons, Joe Burrow was number one in EPA per play on true scramble passes. He is that good, you know, that, uh, throwing on the move, throwing outside of structure, obviously T Higgins and Jamar Chase help there as well. But, but if he can't have that mobility and have that part of the offense, I think the offense is going to still be pretty bad. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. Along those lines, you look at the 2-0 and o teams. Which ones do you think or one do you think could be fraudulent? Some candidates, Falcons, Bucks, Saints, Commanders, or maybe you want to go elsewhere. Yeah, no, the Falcons and Bucks are both for sure fraudulent. Uh, first for the Buccaneers, uh, and I mentioned Minnesota, Minnesota, I think, is a bottom five defense. Chicago is probably a bottom one defense. Uh, you know, so you know, <laughs> Baker, Baker Mayfield, credit to him. He has played well. He's actually avoided sacks at a, at a much higher rate than he has historically deserves some credit. But they're 25th in success rate on offense, and they're 2-0. and Like, they're not a good football team. Um, you know, so they're, they're going to fall back. And then for me with Atlanta – the fact that Atlanta got all the way down to plus three against Detroit, I might be the reason it's back to three and a half because I absolutely clobbered the Lions when it got all the way down to a field goal. Um, that's not true. My unit size is nothing. But anyway, so, um, you know, like <laughs> I, I just – Atlanta's not that good. The op Desmond Ritter's our lowest-graded quarterback in the entire NFL. Um, the defense <laughs> has looked good uh, but also played a rookie or debut Bryce Young and Jordan Love in his – fifth start like good offenses like it like the lions are going to put up points on this defense he's brad spielberger of pro football focus here each and every wednesday on betql daily brad i want to stick with the falcons here and granted i may very well live in an echo chamber i'll be the first to admit that but at the same time i know there's constant excitement for this falcons offense largely because of the outside rushing attack and that's fine but the whole argument is Desmond Ritter needs to be at least average for the Falcons to win the NFC South, maybe even win a playoff game or two once we get to that point. But I don't think he's average yet. Do you? No, no, yeah. So, so like I said, not that our grade is, you know, is a tell-all um, of a player's performance, but he is the lowest-graded passer. He has the most turnover-worthy plays. He did make a couple nice plays in the fourth quarter against Green Bay, but, but really has done nothing to actually push the ball downfield. You know, you and I can throw screen passes to B. John Robinson, who can then break seven tackles and, and go, <laughs> you know, score a touchdown. And you mentioned the outside zone rushing attack. It's going to have a field day against Detroit as well. That's why I like the over 46.5 in that game. I think both offenses score pretty much at will. Um, but, yeah, no, Ritter, I, I still – I have seen some growth. I think he's gotten more confident. I like his willingness to scramble more now. Um, I think has increased. But, but as a passer so far, he, he's been pretty bad. What's your favorite week three bet here on Wednesday morning? 
Yeah, so mentioned Falcons lines over is certainly on the short list there. Um, I like the Raiders minus two and a half at home. I, I know that has flipped. Mm. I think they were plus one on the look ahead, but obviously, you know, crossing zero, not really all that meaningful. Pittsburgh's offense is the worst offense in the NFL um, by a wide margin right now. I mean, they, they literally, and they have more rushing yards after contact than rushing yards through two weeks uh, because their backs are getting hit in the backfield on pretty much every single handoff. Um, I mean, Najee Harris is also the least explosive starter in the NFL. Um, and then their offensive line, they, they tried to overhaul the offensive line. Yes, they played the Niners and the Browns, who both have great pass rush units. But, I mean, Max Crosby might have 10 pressures in this game. So, yeah, yeah and, and then the offense for, for Las Vegas is pretty good. Like, I think we overlooked last year, they were a top 10 offense in a bunch of metrics, um, even with the Derek Carr that was struggling. And Garoppolo's been solid. Devontae Adams supposed to be healthy, supposed to play. And quietly, their offensive line has allowed one of the lowest pressure rates in the NFL, um, not only through two weeks, but again, going back to like the second half of last season, some young players playing well there. So uh, those are two that I have circled, no question. Giants at Niners tomorrow night. What props or matchups do you have your eye on for that? Yeah, so, so one prop that I do like a lot there, I mentioned both that I don't like the interior matchup between the 49ers offensive line and the Giants defensive line. Therefore, uh, Brock Purdy over eight and a half rushing yards, uh, I like a lot. We also know Wink Martindale for the Giants is going to be near the top of the NFL in blitz rate pretty much every single season. Um, mm -hmm. This year, he's not actually up there yet, but, but I think we'll see some pressure from him. So I think Purdy uh, is running for his life and, and picks up some scramble rushing yards. Brad, I'm curious, uh, when we're talking about this Bengals offense and what Joe Burrow can or cannot do, I'm wondering, like, okay, let's say they go to a backup quarterback. How good can that backup be against, you know, a Rams defense? Yeah, they still have Aaron Donald, but there, there may be some uh, opportunities there against that secondary. But also, too, the receivers are still fantastic. Like, how good can, say, a replacement-level quarterback be in that system? It's an interesting question, right? And obviously, you know, last time we saw a non-Borough quarterback was his rookie season, you know, when the roster didn't really – it didn't have Jamar Chase and, and wasn't at the same caliber it is now. I mean, Jake Browning is, is kind of your classic, like – game manager, you know, four-year starter at Washington, you know, just kind of a guy who knows football and isn't going to light the world on fire. I think it'll matter more at that point on, you know, Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan, you know, and, and they've been so stale on offense so far this year. Um, they have no personnel versatility at all. It's going to be 11 personnel pretty much every single snap, which is okay. I mean, the Rams are kind of in that boat as well, but also last week, Joe Burrow ran every single snap out of shotgun. They had zero snaps under center. Like, they're just not doing things to run play action or buy time or, or confuse defenses. So I think it probably falls more on the play callers than whoever this hypothetical, you know, potential backup quarterback would be. Which team uh, that was viewed as a Super Bowl contender that they don't have to be 0-2 like some of those other teams that we talked about, but you're not buying. You're not buying for the rest of the season. It just doesn't look right early on. Yeah, you know, Chargers obviously are 0-2, but um, yeah. I'll probably go there. And their offense is second in success rate. They have so many reasons to think they should still be in that conversation. But 
I just their defense is like historically bad through two weeks. Like it really, and the thing for me is, you know, I knew they were going to give up some yards. That it's a run funnel, you know. So Staley's fine with teams running the football on them, throwing underneath, but not having explosives. They have a lot of the most explosive passes in the NFL. So it's like you're not getting pressure from Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. They're rotating corners because it's basically like J.C. Jackson's getting benched or Michael Davis is getting benched. Like there's just it's so out of sorts. But but that's the thing for me is. He wants to sit back in shells and just let teams, you know, he does play a lot of man now, but like historically he's wanted to sit back. Um, they're getting killed every single which way. It's not a good enough defense to win a Super Bowl. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. There you go. Uh, one last question for you uh, here. When we're talking about, uh, you know, say like Eagles and Bucks, two two and O teams, have can Philadelphia not regress? Can they still play at an elite level with just a few seconds left? I think they can. I, I think they've just been a little bit uncoordinated, a little bit sloppy early on. But look, the injection of youth. I mean, Jalen Carter might be the best player on the team already. So they'll get healthy. They'll figure it out. I like them minus five this week because I'm obviously not not a believer in the Bucks. Yeah, they'll get right. <laughs> Good deal. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus. We look forward to seeing you next Wednesday. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, updated NFL season leader markets and our favorites on the board right here on the BetQL Network.